sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Uh, yes, uh, songs uh, are in the air. This is the this is the Christmas edition, twenty twenty. Songs are in the air. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's great. Twenty twenty is coming mercifully to a close, uh, and coming to a close as every year should with Christmas. Uh, I, I'm feeling I, I'm feeling festive. I have been spending. Uh, a lot of time wrapping presents for grandkids. And since really? Allie and I are ready, hmm? already you're wrapping presents. Well, we actually, we have had, we have already had Christmas with most of our grandkids because we're, we're heading off to Florida. And uh, so the Tennessee grandkids, the five Tennessee grandkids, they've already had their Christmas. All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Because this yeah, was, yeah. you're making me feel stressed. Like, wait, <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I had my daughter's birthday on Saturday. So, uh, well, I guess a week ago Saturday when this podcast mm-hmm. comes out. Uh, so, yeah, I would have felt really behind. But, okay, okay, that makes sense. And you are going to Florida to be with your son, yes? That's right. That, the two okay. Florida grandkids, the youngest. Okay. So that's okay. Yeah. You're You're not just old people going to Florida in the winter. No, no, no. And I'm going to get a taste of that disappointing Florida winter. You know, we lived 16 years in South Florida. It was quite a hard adjustment at the beginning not to have, you know, you know, that bracing winter weather, maybe, you know, snow on the ground, that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> have to put being, on sunscreen. Are you being sarcastic right now? I smell your sarcasm. <laughs> and and I, I feel the, the, the twitch of the, the sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say for 10 or 15 seconds, I'm going to miss the cool, the cold weather. Uh, but then I'll adjust to, uh, to Christmas in Florida. I wore pants today, by the way. You know, <laughs> our listeners should know that uh, it's not that you actually put on apparel below the waist, but you finally, we've trained you, we've gotten out of those California board shorts, the surfer shorts, whatever it is you wear around, you're actually wearing grown-up long pants now? Well, I mean, it is mid-December. Okay. I am right now sitting with with trousers that are <laughs> beyond it, my knees. It won't be long, man. We'll have you in bib overalls. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. You'll be sitting out on that long front porch of yours with a banjo, <laughs> Jenny on the washboard. Corn cob It's pipe. coming, man. Chickens uh-huh. in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Uh, winter is not that bad here, by the way. Maybe, I mean, this is our third winter, and it has not yet been that bad at all. Right. Yeah. It's pretty mild, but I'm sure Florida, very different. Good. You're doing that. Now, we are not going to be taking a lot of time to discuss that right now. Christmas is coming. We're going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. However, 
We've got a great guest on today. Randy's going to be talking. We've got some discussion afterwards with some practical Samson tips. And man, we need to just get to it. All right. Well, then let's get to it. Stick with us. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. Aaron, I uh, had the pleasure of a great conversation a week or so ago with a guy who I knew just we just had to have on the show. He's got um, a book, a course, a study guide. Um, I love the title of the book. It is Rescuing the Rogue, Forging Intimate Relationships That Last. Uh, he's a PhD, uh, but he also has some other qualifications that he can tell us about. His name is Randy Turner. Randy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nate. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so glad you're with us. So uh, you're a therapist. Is that true? You're a therapist now? Pastor, former pastor? What do you call yourself? Uh, I'm a uh, semi-retired therapist. Um, I did outpatient therapy for almost 20 years and mm-hmm. uh, semi-retired about a year and a half ago to pursue this ministry full time. And mm-hmm. so um, so I, I still do some counseling, but most of what I do nowadays is coaching. Okay, awesome. Well, give us the Give us the backstory. You work a lot with guys who struggle with uh, compulsive sexual behavior, guys who've gotten into the weeds in one way or another. How in the world did you get into this business? Well, my journey began a long time ago. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say how long because that'll date me. But anyway, um, (laughs) the... Uh, let me just say this. There were no porn videos that you could get online back then. Um, yeah. getting, getting online was not even a term, a terminology anymore uh, back then. Yeah. But, yeah. Back, back to when you went into caves, looked at some cave drawings lined up with the other Cro-Magnons. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And, and, and the three stations that were black and white went off the air at midnight, and there was the national anthem played every day, too, so... Yeah, Which is, is a turnoff in that way. I mean, patriotic, but a turnoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I began the journey um, after my first divorce to be the best father I could be in that I was now a divorced dad. And yeah. as a result of that, God really, you know, opened up my life, you know, And um, Gary Smalley, John Trent wrote a book called The Hidden Value of a Man that really was the impetus for God calling me into working with men. But I but I stuck in the lane of responsible fatherhood for years, working with and writing and developing curriculum and materials for fathers. And that was working well 
in my professional life, but in my personal life, I was crashing and burning all the time. My, mm-hmm. my intimate relationships weren't working out. Um, and it was, there was a sexual addiction that I was pursuing because my own self-worth and my own identity was so broken. And for years on the outside, I was polished, you know, white, you know, sepulcher full of dead bones. Um, Mm -hmm. Professionally, I looked like I was on my way. And and quite frankly, you know, one of my goals with one of my mentors uh, at the time was to be on staff at the White House because that's where he was. And that's where I was headed to. Um, But God had another uh, had a whole nother plan. And um, so as I began working with men and working with fathers on my own journey, the whole idea of what is intimacy? What does that look like? And Wait, can, you, can you give me a little more on that turn from you having this life, this professional life where you're telling everybody else about the answers but those answers aren't actually working for you personally. Well, the, 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 the thing that I was doing was talking about being a dad. Okay. And the best I could, I was teaching dads how to be better dads. Okay. But I wasn't teaching dads or men how to have a better relationship with their wife. I steered mm-hmm. clear of that. I stayed was, was in that the, on, Was that on purpose that you steered oh, yeah. clear? Okay. Absolutely. Because... Because I would be, it would be very easy to find out that I'm alive because my my romantic and relationships were absolutely sucked, um, mm. and so. But as my children got older, my daughters got older. The whole idea of having stronger intimate relationships began to take on a whole new meaning because now I needed to learn how to connect with them. And I really didn't know how to connect with them. I didn't know how to bond. I didn't bond with them. I didn't have a good connection with them. And and so in the middle of this, there came a a point of crisis. And this point of crisis was my third divorce. Yes, I said third. Um, My biological mother passed away. My adopted mother passed away. All of this happened in a matter of three months. And God finally got me to a corner where I couldn't get out of. And a godly man, you know, Pastor John, we sat down together and I was finally, I was finally out of my own running away from this. And God finally got me to that place to realize you have this fear of abandonment that runs through you like the Colorado River. And it's been running through your life from the very beginning. And it's tainted everything that you think of intimate relationships are. And you really need to let me heal you and take you through this. Now, I thought that was one thing, but God had a whole different idea of what he meant. As he began to show me and teach me what it meant to let go of that fear of loving to be able to have a new identity, a true identity in Christ, to learn how to let go of the weights and the sin in my life, the weights in my life being the things that are caused by nature and nurture, but most of all, to begin to see myself as God sees me 
and see that relationship between me and God to be authentic, deep, abiding, healthy. And through that, then I began to learn how to develop healthy intimacy through God's guiding. And I began to use that and teach that and train that in the groups of men I was working with at the time. Um, and the curriculum what, that you know, Rescuing the Rogue, was born out of that group discussions and, uh, and the lessons and things that God was teaching me. Um, and, but he was also setting me free of this sexual addiction um, where I no longer was pursuing uh, a woman to have sexual relationships, to give myself some sense of worthiness or worthy of being loved, um, and uh, to find that identity where it's supposed to be grounded in Christ. So, uh, Randy, when you talked about, you know, you expected to be a certain way, and then God sent you on this path towards understanding your identity in Christ and and who you were, uh, to the Father, and then opening yourself up to other men, I think there's a lot of us that think, oh, this journey is going to be one way, and it's it's not the way we expected. So can you describe what you expected? I expected, well, I believe that God was right, and that I needed a tune-up. Uh, <laughs> and, and God says, no, 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 Randy, you need an overhaul. Yeah. And that was really my because I didn't realize how intimately, intimately ignorant I was. I mean, I, I was just totally clueless. Intimacy was always, even in a healthy relationship, intimacy was always supposed to lead to sex. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if you were doing it right, intimacy right, then you would never have to worry about having sex because you would be, you know, the man, as it were. Um, so even in my brokenness, I had a, my idea of the way God was going to fix things. Yeah. But, but what God showed me was, Randy, you don't even have a clue. Right. Well, and, and if intimacy always leads to sex, if you're a heterosexual man, that rules out intimacy with any other man. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that, you know, what I learned was, First of all, God was saying, you're much more ignorant than you realize. And when he talks about that, we would know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of God's love, you know, of Christ's love. He began to explain that to me that we don't we have not even begun to imagine what healthy intimacy can be. And it's so much more than a sexual experience. But I, like other men. You know, I taught myself intimacy. You know, when I met the first lady who was to be my wife and I had that, you know, sexual intercourse with her. OK, when I and, and, and I will say it was after I was married, having sexual intercourse. I didn't have sexual intercourse before I was married. But in that experience, that euphoria of the moment, I made two really crazy assumptions. Number one, I felt myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually closer to a human being than I've ever felt in my life at that place of euphoria. That was absolutely amazing. And I made two assumptions. Number one, this is what intimacy is. And number two, she's feeling the, the same way. So we got to do this as, as much as often. Mm 
And both of those were wrong. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what intimacy was. But I set out in a lifelong journey to pursue that experience because I taught myself what intimacy is. No one taught me what intimacy is. And no matter how many ways and how many relationships I tried to play that out, it always came to that disappointing end that it was never fulfilling. It was never, it never created a secure, confident relationship. It always left me feeling like, is that all? And, and yeah. that was unfortunately because me, like most men, we're self-mentored men. You know, my father nor any, you know, responsible male taught me anything about sex or relationships. And so we learned this on our own. And so I've spent, you know, 25 years doing it wrong. And God's saying, yeah, it's all wrong. Even the sex part, it's all wrong. There's a better way to do this. And let me show you how. Mm. So where do you start with a man? I mean, when you, when you say self-mentored, that immediately triggers in me uh, a lot of pain because when I was younger, I sought out three different men I respected and offered myself to be mentored by them and received pretty direct rejection from them. Right. Uh, which later I understood that a little bit more clearly as to what was maybe going on with them. But for years, I was like, you know what? I guess there are no men to mentor me. Uh, so yeah. I will have to figure this out on my own. So for the guys that are, you know, hearing that and saying, okay, I was self mentored, so I need a mentor. And they do the same thing, put themselves out there and say to a man they respect, I want to be mentored by you, which can freak another guy out because they're like, well, I'll be your friend. I don't know about being your mentor. What? How should a man hear that? And where does he start to be re-mentored or even re-fathered as it were? That's a great question. And I always tell people, I have these mentor authors in my life these mentor teachers in my life. These are men like Gary Smalley, John Trent, and, you know, these are men who began to mentor me through the ministry of their audiobooks and their, their work that they, that they had. And I learned, and God used that to help me to grow stronger in order to have the faith and the courage to find a real-life mentor. But if I would have tried to look for a mentor in my weakened state, I would have struggled with the same thing. I wouldn't have the courage to do it. And if I was rejected, and I was, you know, several times, even after, you know, you know, trying to develop those relationships. But God can begin to work with us through his word and through really great godly men who begin to provide and, 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 and teach into you to develop that strength of identity in Christ and the, you know, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that we become stronger and more, um, have more resiliency and more ability to relate and understand that finding a mentor is, is kind of like finding an eagle, okay? Um, 
turkeys flock everywhere. You can find turkeys, uh, you know, just around every bend in the woods. But finding an eagle is a whole different thing. And that's what you really want to look for. But because you're you're getting fed and you're growing through these kind of what I call author mentors and teacher mentors that teach you on intimacy and relationship and, and healthy manhood and things like this, you develop, God develops that strength within you. And as he develops that strength within you, he will also bring men into your lives that will, it will, it will start out as, as a friendship and grow into a mentorship without having to specifically say, would you mentor me? Now, some, that's what you, that you end up doing is saying, I, I really would like you to be my mentor or, or, or something like this. But, but we have to do some growing and stuff before we get to that point or we face those same kind of rejections. Boy, I'm, I'm thinking, number one, you must love this podcast era if you believe all of that, because there are, are more conversations being recorded that men can be involved in than ever before in the history of the world. Yeah, so. that I mean, I mean, that's the the huge blessing that we have today is, and 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 going back to the church, the church didn't teach men and teach pastors to deal with this topic. It was something that wasn't, you know. I went to a Bible university, and they didn't teach pastors about helping prepare men and men's ministry and that kind. They didn't talk about this. They didn't talk about the faults and failures of men in sexual, uh, you know, uh, promiscuousness affairs and all that. They didn't prepare them to, to talk about this. So it was never talked about within the church. It was never modeled within the church. And so men really had to go looking for it themselves or hopefully find someone else that in the body of Christ that might be doing it. But it wasn't coming from the pulpit. Nowadays, it's coming from the pulpit more often, but it's also coming from ministries like yours and ours, who we just we just put the topic on the table. You know, how did you learn intimacy and how's that self-mentored manhood working for you? Because that's what we need to do. And this is part of the, the blessing that, you know, technology provides for us. Yeah. Uh, so, Randy, talk to me, if you will, about some of the basic skills of intimacy. Uh, by the way, let, let me. I, I, you talked about your uh, your biological mother and your adoptive mother dying within three months of each other yeah. in that same era of your uh, of a divorce, and and how that kicked up these feelings of abandonment. Uh, were, were were you a, were you an adopted child? No, I wasn't an adopted child. Um, I was an abandoned child. Oh wow! My yeah. my biological mother abandoned us, my myself and three brothers, at the age of two. Oh and, wow! Um, though I had reconnected with her when I was thirty-five, we didn't have any kind of memory or relationship to build upon. So God brought into my life a woman who became my adopted mother, as an adult. She was an adult, and yeah. I was an adult, and she became oh, wow. a mentor. And, and quite frankly, one of the reasons I'm a writer is because of her influence in my life. She was a godly woman, and she was my own, my most trusted advisor. She was about 20 years my senior, my tr most trusted advisor. I was part of her family, and she was a part of mine. And um, 
that was a blessing that God brought into my life that would that, that I can I'm eternally grateful for. What a wonderful gift that was. Yeah. Well, let let's talk about. Can you name for us some of the basic skills of intimacy that might appear counterintuitive or that just do not occur instinctively to somebody who is struggling with abandonment, uh, you know, hypersensitive to re- rejection and anticipating every turn or working on building some kind of masculine identity or winning approval? Uh, uh, what, what, are the, what are the kind of the basic skills that when you first uh, kind of embarked on this phase of your life and you thought it was a tune-up, you had no idea that the whole thing was going to get torn down and rebuilt. What, 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 are, what are kind of the, the basic principles that got spotlighted, the new skills you had to learn? Well, remember what I said about, uh, what I said about the um, having mentor authors, okay? Yeah. Well, I began to discover in Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages and mm-hmm. Bruce Legeman's book, to, to Kill a Lion, which is a, a book on dealing with lust in your life. They began to shape out what they began to believe the, the essential virtues of what intimacy is. And I always mm-hmm. say to guys, if you don't know what intimacy is, how do you know what intimacy does? Okay. But you can go into a whole list of things. But God helped me narrow it down to five virtues. And these five virtues are acceptance, closeness, privacy, affection, and openness. Uh, Say those for us one more time. I want to make sure the listeners get all five. Acceptance, closeness, privacy, affection, and openness. Okay. Yeah. Now you deal with these at, at at length in your in your workbook and in your course. But can you just briefly flesh those out for us? So when we talk about acceptance, acceptance is is learning to love yourself for who you are and learning to love the other person for who they are and not try to change them. Mm. There's no agenda that that. And, and this is one of the things, the stuff that I did. I was, I was a very, how should I say this? Um, I was a chameleon lover, okay? I would, I would become whatever I thought that woman wanted me to be in order to please her. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't accept myself. So I just tried to be the person that, 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 inspired her yeah and and the the beginning of acceptance is that identity that christ gives us that we no longer have to be something that we're not but we can accept you know who we are and who we were created to be um in this way and this is the kind of thing and stuff as far as being accepting um and and this is something that christ teaches us in so many different ways as well as a how to do that. So acceptance is choosing to give and receive, excuse me, loving who they are, not who you want them to be. Yeah. Closeness is allowing total access to your heart without holding anything back. Privacy is protected, shared by only the two of you. 
Uh, affection is choosing to give and receive love freely and unconditionally. And openness is willing to be transparent and vulnerable. Now, wow. this, this is what intimacy is. Now, when most men hear that list, they go like, I, I can't do that. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. These virtues are based upon the model that Christ gave us in having relationship. That with Jesus Christ, closeness is allowing total access to our heart. That God would have total access to our heart, including the hallways of our heart that's all that's stacked with all of that garbage from our past. That God would have total access, privacy, that this is something between the two of us. That God's not, you know, going to go out there and tell everyone, you know, everything that I ever did. But all of these things and stuff are not instantaneous. These are things that we grow into in a relationship. We don't just become totally open, you know, within the first, you know, four or five meetings and stuff. It's something that we grow into and we learn to grow into. Affection, choosing to give and and receive love freely and unconditionally. When I work with men, men really like the idea of learning how to develop and express healthy intimacy in a better way, but they're still lousy receivers. (laughs) Intimacy isn't intimacy unless it's both given and received. Yeah. And so we really have to work on not just, (laughs) excuse me, not just expressing healthy intimacy and understanding what this, we also have to learn to receive. You know, be quick to listen and slow to speak, as it were. Acceptance, loving who they are, not who you want them to be. Again, that's the model that Christ has for us. And openness, willing to be transparent and vulnerable. And again, this is a this is something that we grow into as we're learning what it means to be. You know, God says he gives us a new heart and a new spirit. And with a new heart and the new spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit who comes within us and abides with us and gives us those nine virtues, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, uh, self-control, and faithfulness. Those virtues he births within us through the Holy Spirit to help us to begin to develop the virtues of Christ within us so that we can now, our identity and our beliefs are changed and become more like Christ. And now we begin, can begin to learn how to be close, how to be private, how to be affectionate, how to be open, how to have acceptance, because we're learning that in our relationship with Christ. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit within us that's making it happen, not something that we're conjuring up ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you, when you, but, but here's, that's the inner circle. The outer circle is intimacy is supposed to be expressed intellectually, socially, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Intimacy, wow. intimacy is meant to be expressed and received in five different facets of the human you know, relationship. And that's what we help men to discover and learn that intimacy is so much more than just words. It's so much more than so many things, um, and God will help you get there, but it's a process because transformation is a process. It's not something that's not overnight. When you do an yeah. overhaul, you got to take everything apart. 
you save the parts that are good and you rebuild the parts that aren't good and you put it back together, but it's working better than it did before. But it takes it takes time to find everything that needs to be restored. Right. Yeah. So how do guys get into this uh, path? You've got some resources. How can they connect with you and your resources if they're asking that big? Okay. Yeah. How? How do I start? How do they connect with you for that? Well, the thing that 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 I, I'm doing now is I'm just saying, okay, let's have a conversation, okay? And you can reach me through my email, rturner at um, transformingfamilies.org, and you can email me, and we just start with a conversation. Um, we talk over the phone, and I find where they're at and find out what's going on. And from that particular thing, um, I might be, you know, someone that that I could help them. And, and it would be a coaching experience. I always try to find someone local to them, if possible. Some of the guys I work with, they're they're going to a therapist one week. They're talking to me the next week. They're going. They're doing both. And so there's some like this. But we begin the journey by where you are, how you got here, um, and what can we begin doing moving forward. Some of the guys. I meet with them. Um, it'll be once a week. Some of the guys, it's once a month, depending upon where they're going to. Some of the guys, but it's about helping them to discover and develop intimacy and how that begins to apply within their life. And so they can reach out and connect, connect to me, with me through email. That's the easiest way. And, uh, and like I said, I, I always try to put them in contact with someone that's near them if possible. If not, we'll, we'll work on the journey together. And until we can find someone in their neighborhood. Well, uh, Randy, as someone who came into recovery intimacy ignorant, and uh, someone who, a deaf, you know, I, I still must admit to a bit of a learning disability in this area. The work that you've done, I'm very impressed with the workbook, by the way, and the facilitator's guide that goes along with it. Uh, and I, I do recommend it to the listeners. The title again, I love the title too, Rescuing the Rogue. Where did that come from? Who's the rogue? Why did you pick that word? I'm the rogue. <laughs> <laughs> rogues, yeah. rogues, rascals, ruffians. That's what I call ourselves. Yeah. See, the yeah. thing is, the yeah. rogue is the quintessential, you know, he's the lovable bad guy. Uh-huh. And that's yeah. how I that's how I saw myself. I'm the lovable bad guy. Okay? Yeah. And maybe yeah. if I find the right woman, I'll become the lovable good guy. But guess what? Never happened. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. this was this was one rogue in desperate need of, you know, rescuing. Um awesome. and the things and stuff that we're learning and we continue to learn is how to begin to realize that when Ephesians says to know the love of Christ, the height, the depth, the width and breadth, it truly is amazing what intimacy is and what intimacy can be when you really understand how to give and receive it in so many different dynamic ways. Aaron, uh, anything more to ask uh, Randall before uh, Randy before we let him go? No, I'm excited for guys to think through this and I I just think it's a it's a huge important deal addressing uh, what our concept of intimacy is and how yeah. to re-engage it in a new way 
and possibly start to root out some of those inappropriate ideas that we have. It's an important journey. It really is. You know, as Tom Ryan has told us, uh, you know, what's, what is currently termed sex addiction is more properly understood as an intimacy disorder. And if that's true, and I think it is, then uh, any resources that can help us improve our intimacy, intimacy skills are going to have a positive effect on our battle against addiction. Well, Randy, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, stick with us. We'll be back in a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. All right, we had Randy talking about intimacy, learning how to be intimate. I had a question for you, Nate, because such mm-hmm. a big part of Samson is, you know, asking for men to be a part of our journey and to be a part of our lives, which really yeah. opens up that vulnerable door to be rejected again. If yes. we've been rejected in the past or if we've been afraid. So yeah. my my big question, it's twofold. One, how to not over ask where it right. scares people who, yeah. you know, they're just at Samson as well. They mm-hmm. they aren't professional whatever's uh, right. mentors. And so even the idea of being a mentor can be scary. Yeah. So there's a way to over ask, but then also some skills for those people who maybe get asked a lot. Certain people just have a certain demeanor or vibe where they get asked by a lot of guys to walk with them. Yeah. So yeah. how how do we not over ask and scare people? And how do we respond if we get a lot of asks? Yeah, well, I did like, you know, toward the end of that kind of lengthy and elliptical answer to your question uh, that you posed to him, Randy said that, uh, you know, once we've, you know, we've done some work with kind of like mentors by extension, you know, writer mentors or the guys we're listening to on podcasts and audio books and picking up some skills and getting some, getting some of the basic footwork down. Which, which I really like, by the way, that there, yeah. there are options even when we don't have a physical person. That's a, that's a great concept. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's wonderful. Uh, and then he also said, well, at least what I heard him say was that that mentorship, the eagle that you finally find, if there is such a thing as an eagle, um, it, that relationship will probably begin as a friendship and then may blossom into a mentorship. And I, I like that uh, as somebody who gets asked on a fairly frequent basis, as I'm sure you do, you know, can you mentor me? My standard answer is no. I'm not mentor material. Uh, I'm barely friend material, but I will be your friend. <laughs> wow. That's, you, listeners, you know I don't agree with Nate on, on either of those counts, but go ahead, Nate. No, 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 no. It takes, I, I, I got to set the bar low, baby. Um, and what I want to do is try to walk as tr- vulnerably and transparently with my friends as I can. And if they can learn how to do that, then I think that's probably all I can teach them. Okay, but um, th- this is a great example 
because yeah. I, th- I think you're totally wrong. I think you have so much to offer in a, in a mentoring relationship. And I think you are a really good friend. However, okay. I don't think you can be a really good friend to everybody. That's the problem. Right. You have yes. a limited capacity for friendship, just like right. all of us right. do. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of where the crux is, where mm-hmm. if if new people are coming into your life today saying, right. here's yeah. what I need. And like you're going through some hard stuff right now. And yeah. I know I've experienced that the last couple of years where I've felt like, OK, this is not a season in my life where I have a lot to offer people. Right. Um, and, and that's just a reality. So. Yeah. From that vantage point, not that you don't have the the capability, uh, you don't have the capacity all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So what yeah. does what does a guy do? What would be an, an appropriate way for someone to approach you that doesn't freak you out? Because yeah. as experienced as you are, I'm sure if someone walks up to you and asks you to like mentor them to be their surrogate father almost yeah yeah, right right. you have that first response of freaking out on the inside Uh, i mean i I know i do so i won't speak for you but i I get that feeling yeah 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 well well, i I devoted a whole chapter of samson and the pirate monks to this principle the the title of the chapter is call no man father which was fundamental to jesus teaching right call no man father you are you have a father uh, and your brothers call no man teacher. You have a teacher, you know. Um, but I do. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it, it's it's kind of like dating. It, you don't ask a perfect stranger uh, to marry you, or even you know, hey, I I like you. Let's go steady uh, and start with coffee. Uh, can we have a conversation? Uh, do you have, could you give me 20 minutes or could we meet for coffee? I could really use your input on a situation that I'm facing. Um, pretty much all of my uh, Silas relationships right now are relationships with guys who, that despite, my, I do have men who say I am their mentor, which always feels strange to me. But those all, but all of those began with an initial conversation and a and a sh- and a short walk it wasn't a huge ask uh, and then it kind of became clear to me that this was somebody I probably should be walking with for a while that that is huge because I mentioned that I approached three guys in the past and asked yeah. asked a big ask right and I was young and I'm sure in the last 12 years or so we've done this podcast i'm sure i've talked about this before but when you just said that it made me think you know with each of those guys i built up kind of a fantasy in my head Mm -hmm. that was like here's what i think my capabilities are here's what i think their skills are i've i've married this i i had already spent a lot of time thinking yeah by the time i talked to them i unloaded the whole fantasy on them yeah. I did not simply say, hey, can we have lunch sometime? Yeah. And talk. <laughs> yeah. And, and I am sure, even though I was, you know, 
18, no, 16 with one, 18, 19 with another, and early 20s with another, uh, I'm sure it freaked them out. And I probably yeah. thought because of my age, it wouldn't freak them out. Mm-hmm. But but it does because it's such a huge ask. So yeah. for those of you that are susceptible to over fantasizing, and I don't mean that in like a, a weird way, but that you think through things a lot, yeah. um, be careful. Take a first step. Don't unload the whole thing and, and see if there is that, if the things you've thought about are even realistic. Um, because man, everything's realistic in my brain when it doesn't have to actually involve anybody else except me and my fantasy. <laughs> it's yeah. all, it's all realistic in my fantasy. <laughs> so that is a great piece of advice. Now, yeah. what do you do if, if you're the guy, if you're being asked that, that's what yeah. we would hope for an appropriate ask. Sure. But right. if you're having a lot of people asking you, yeah, yeah. what's, what's a good way to, kind of scooch the margin back to an appropriate place without crushing a guy. I do find myself saying and saying with all sincerity, I really wish I had more time to spend with you because I can see, uh, I can see your potential. I can see your gifts. Uh, I, I, I believe in you. Um, and I also am just so aware right now of all my limitations. And I know that I, I just can't, I, I don't have the time to give you what you need. Uh, but I actively try to get involved as a, as a matchmaker. I try to put guys together with other guys. I try to make suggestions and set up dates. I do that. Um, I, and here's the thing. So there are guys who've been walking with me now uh, for five, six, seven, eight years. And, you know, for the first few years, it never occurred to them that they could be doing the same thing with somebody else that I was doing with them. So I've actually helped uh, a couple of those guys, you know, set up their own mentoring relationships. So now we don't use that word, by the way, mentoring, but their own kind of friendships, even if it's not formally a Silas relationship. Uh, so if, if, uh, if I have coffee with somebody and it's clear to me that they are serious, they're ready, you know, they just need somebody to walk with them a while. I'll do my darndest to see if I'll call somebody I'm already in relationship with somebody I know might have some margin, suggest that they meet for coffee and see if we can't get something rolling. All right. Well, I hope those are some good practical su- suggestions for folks that yeah. uh, have experienced either end of those uh, spectrum of the asker or the receiver of the request. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Good conversation. I am glad we had it. Yeah, me too. All right. So right in. Write in with your uh, questions, thoughts. You can send those thoughts and questions to... Pirate Monk Podcast at gmail.com. Also, send in your original music. We want to uh, to populate this podcast with the other P word that would be awesome alliteration. Uh, <laughs> I, I ran out of P uh, word. Perpendicular, yes. Uh, your perpendicular prose 
set to melodies. (laughs) (laughs) Would have been awesome if we could have worked it out. But anyway, send us your songs. We would love to to put them out there and have this be, I mean, this is a community podcast, man. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. Until next time, then. I'm Nate. I'm Aaron. And we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.